we, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Greetings, friends and fellow citizens. Welcome to the We the People Convention News and Opinion radio program and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm your host for this show. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention. And uh, this show is brought to you, this radio show and this podcast is paid for and brought to you by the donors to the We the People Convention. And we thank all all of you have given uh, to this program to make it possible and helped us with our mission to uh, you know, organize and lead uh, our, our movement to protect and defend our freedom and our liberty and our prosperity. Uh, so if you're listening on the radio, we have a five-station radio network that spans Ohio. Uh, all five uh, stations air this program on Saturday mornings. And you can find out which stations those are if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org. And there's a big yellow button right there on the front of the page. And you click on that, it'll take you to the podcast page. And for everyone who's watching the podcast, uh, thank you for doing that. You can do that at wethepeopleconvention.org. You can also do it on YouTube. You can do it on iTunes. You can watch it on your TV, on uh, Amazon Fire TV or Roku TV. Those of you who have been watching on Roku TV, I know we had some technical difficulties in the last couple weeks. Uh, We didn't have them, but Roku did, and I believe they're now fixed. So you can be watching the the podcast on Roku TV. We usually post our podcasts uh, at around noon every Friday, and then they're available 24-7 from that point on. And we invite you to, to tune in on your phone or your laptop, on your uh, computer, you know, any way you want to get it, you can listen to, to the radio archives uh, on iTunes and all that. So thanks for joining us, however you're doing that. Today, we're you know, going to talk about what you and I can do to protect and defend our country and our personal freedom, liberty, and prosperity. It's time for us to go on offense, folks. We've been playing too much defense, and I know lots of you listening to this program are worried about what's going on in our country. You don't like seeing the looting and destruction. You don't like to see the violence. You're, you know, you're, you're don't like the fact that people are calling you names and inferring that you were responsible. You personally responsible for slavery or, you know, that you, uh, you're a racist when, you know, I know that you're not a racist and that I know, and you know, and I know, and if you watch uh, our podcast or listen to this show or go to our website, you know that we are not a racist nation. We are the, not systemically racist. Uh, United States of America is the least racist nation in the world. And that's a provable fact. Um, that doesn't mean we don't have problems, but our biggest problem isn't racism. Our biggest problem is communism uh, infecting our country and, and blowing out of proportion every little wart that we have. And I'm not downplaying anything that people are saying about police reforms that we need or things that have you know, been done, you know, these murders of these young black men by police. Absolutely wrong. Got it. We're working on that. Justice will be served. They will be held accountable. But that is no reason to completely trash our country. And um, I want you to know that I trust you. 
I believe in you. Uh, in previous shows, I've talked about the fact that it's not the leaders, it's not the generals that have won anything. Throughout American history, it is the common man and woman who have fought the fights and won the big battles. From the Revolutionary War, you know, right to the current times, it's, it's, you know, millions of people doing what they can do that makes this work. And I know, you know, many of us, you know, lean on President Trump, you know, he's got to do this and he's got to do that. And people look at me as a leader in the Tea Party movement and, and they think that, you know, I'm the person that, that does things, but I'm not. You are. I'm the person who helps you see what's going on, gives you ideas for what you can do. But if you don't take action yourself, nothing happens. And so we're going to take action and we're going to defend our constitution. We're going to defend our history. We're going to defend our personal freedom, prosperity, and our liberty. But we've got to figure out how to do that. But the first thing I want to do is just play you a short uh, one-minute clip from Tucker Carlson, who's kind of addressing the way I think all of you feel so that we can get off on a good start in this show and talk about what we're going to do to make things better. Listen there what uh, Tucker Carlson has to say. You are not alone. You may feel like you are. Suddenly your opinions qualify as crimes. Dare to say what you think at work and you will be fired in the middle of a recession. Write what you think online and you will be silenced by the big tech companies. So you keep your views to yourself. You have no choice. A lot of Americans are doing that right now. They're staying quiet. And of course, that's the point of censorship, to keep people isolated and alone, to prevent a consensus from forming that challenges those in charge. If you're forced to shut up, they can do what they want to you and your country. That's why they do it. But last night's show suggested they have not yet succeeded, though they're trying. Millions and millions of Americans agree with you. You are not crazy. Your views are not evil. What is happening to this country right now is completely and totally wrong. And that will be obvious to everyone someday when our French Revolution has ended. So... Take it from Tucker Carlson, not from me. You're not crazy. What's going on in our country is wrong. And you can't be silent about that. And when he was talking about his show, why that was important, he just, the ratings just came out and Tucker Carlson just had like the highest ratings in all of television, broadcast TV, cable TV, it doesn't matter. And so even you're watching Tucker Carlson at eight o'clock on every weekday night, is a statement. It's doing something. It's showing that we are not going to just believe the lies. We're looking for better information. He's had almost 4.2 million people watching his show uh, the last uh, you know week, and um, and his closest competitor on uh, CNN was 1.6 million. So he's like three times larger because he's telling the truth. He's speaking out. And he's, and he's informing us. And that's what we need so that we can then act. So this, this whole situation in, in Georgia now. So he went from George Floyd, you know, with the situation in Minneapolis. Then last uh, Friday, uh, a police officer in Georgia shot and killed another black man uh, during an altercation where, you know, the, this guy beat up the police officers and, and fired a taser at him. And then the police officer shot and killed him. And, and the problem with this is, and is that we are now not dealing with facts that, that the charges were brought against this officer before an investigation. The, when the shooting happened, 
that Georgia, uh, they have this Georgia Department of Investigations, which investigates police matters. They were investigating what happened. And before they could even release a report, the prosecutor in Atlanta charged this officer with like 11 counts of, of you know, murder and all kinds of stuff like that. Well, what happened? Atlanta Police Department staged a walkout last night. While the mayor asked them to keep their commitment, you know, the, the police said, you know, you can't just file charges. You're not going to scapegoat us. And, and this is what's going to happen, folks. And this is police. You know, last week I played you the little video of the New York Police Union saying, how about a little respect for us? How about treating the police with some dignity? And so for the Atlanta police to, to go on a, a, a walkout is, is important. They can't just be taking this stuff laying down. They're not a pinata. And I'm not saying that they're right or they're wrong, but they deserve due process, just like the black people who have been shot deserve you know, full justice. And this is where we're getting out of control, where people are acting with their feelings or because of the mob and not because of what actually happened. And this has got to stop, folks, because we are a nation of laws. That's what makes America different. That's why people come here from all over the world, including lots of black people come here because we're a nation of laws and we do protect people. And so, you know, when Tucker Carlson said, you're not alone, he wasn't kidding. Erasmussen did a poll this week and the poll found that 72% of voters, including most black voters, have a favorable view of local police departments. And, and that shouldn't surprise anyone, except if you're watching MSLSD and, uh, you know, the Clinton News Network or you're reading the New York Times where they're telling you that all we're, you know, that we're hunting black people in this country, that policemen are doing it. There was actually a story this week that was just unbelievable to me where a chief of police had to speak out because he found out in the schools they were teaching young blacks that every day in America white police officers shoot and kill a black student on their way home from school. Let that sink in. Who does that? Who believes that? No one that knows what the heck's going on. That's for doggone sure. The truth is that last year, only 10, 10 black people were shot and killed by police who were unarmed, okay, meaning they weren't a threat to the police necessarily, Five of them physically assaulted the police. The other five, one was the gun went off accidentally, and the other four, the police chief, the policemen were charged. That's justice. That's the way it's supposed to work. But we can get better, and we're going to get better. President Trump signed an executive order this week on police reform, and basically, you know, he's doing a couple things that that all everyone's talking about. They're they're changing the training. So that police don't use the chokeholds that, you know, have killed people unless they're in danger. So they, they've kind of said, we're not going to do that. And, and they've, you know, talked about how they're going to uh, do more training to help police officers understand, you know, what they could do differently in certain situations. And, and the police aren't resisting that. And then Governor DeWine in, in Ohio and Attorney General Dave Yost, you know, announced that they've got some reforms as well. All right. That's all good. But let's also remember what the police union said last week on the video I played, and that is treat the police with respect. 
We've got situations going on here. For instance, in Columbus, Ohio, I know for a fact that the mayor in, in Columbus has been telling the police not to arrest any of the protesters. What's that all about? Why do you pay taxes? You pay taxes to have your property and your person protected. And if the mayor isn't going to do that, he needs to step down. And the police are unhappy about that. And so what are they doing? Now they're telling the police around the country, these Democrat mayors, that they can't use tear gas, that they're being too aggressive with the peaceful protesters, except for the peaceful protesters are being too aggressive with them. I, I still don't understand why we as a society think that you can stand two inches from the face of a police officer on a, on a police line and curse him out and spit at him and then th- throw in Columbus, they were throwing water bottles that were frozen so they were solid ice. A hundred police officers in Columbus were injured. You know what we did? We did nothing. The, po- the people who were arrested were all let go without any charges. That's not justice. That's not what we want. So I want to know in these police reforms what we're going to do to help them, the police department, have a better chance of protecting us and our property. I'm not seeing that in any of these quote-unquote reforms. This isn't just about you know, uh, uh, persecuting police. This is about supporting and protecting police. And so I've talked to you, uh, if you've gotten some of our emails, if you don't get our emails, go to wethepeopleconvention.org and just sign up right on the front page. But I announced that we were going to be running billboards. And I'm pleased to announce to you uh, with this show that starting the week of June 22nd, we will have billboards, electronic billboards in Cleveland, in Columbus, and Cincinnati that say, we the people support our police and we will not allow them to be defunded. And I'm very excited about doing this. It's We need people to stand up and let the police know that we appreciate them, that it's important. And I mean that. Listen, folks, do you want to live in a world without police? Just ask yourself that question. The answer is no. So then ask yourself the question, well, why would anyone want to be a police officer right now? With everyone calling them names, you know, just doing group identity politics, making every single police officer as evil as the guy in Minneapolis who killed the black guy, uh, Mr. Floyd. That's just not true. You can't demonize them. How would you like it if you went to work every day and people just you know, yelled insults at you and looked at you every and videotaped you everywhere you went, waiting for you to make a mistake so you could not just be fired, but maybe you could go to prison? Who needs that? And I got news for you, folks. Yeah, they might have good pensions and all that stuff. They ain't making any money. Most policemen I've ever known have had another job just to get by so they can have a decent middle-class life. So we're, we're taking these billboards to show our support, okay? And if you want to donate, please go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on the Donate button and help donate so we can buy more of these boards. But now here's some things I want you to do because we take action. We don't just talk, we take action. So these are things you can do to fight back. And they will make a difference, even though they're small things. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to burn down a Walmart like Antifa and Black Lives Matter does. You can do other things. You can do civil things. First of all, I'd like you to just call 
the police department and thank them for their service. Now, don't call 911. Call their office number, okay? Just look it up and call their office number. Or go by the police department and just say thank you. If you see a policeman, go up to him and say, I personally really appreciate you and the service you provide to me. I thank you for doing this job and protecting us. If you've got some funds, if maybe that $1,200 we got you know, to, to spend to help stimulate the economy, go to a local restaurant and buy some gift cards for pizza or other stuff. You'll buy a $100, couple hundred dollar gift card, take it down to the police station and say, hey, order some delivery food for, for the rec room so the guys have some pizza or something to munch on you know, while they're uh, you know, working their shift. That's the second thing you could do. Uh, call your mayor and or city council member and demand, don't ask, demand that they support the police and help the police protect you, your property, and the public property. Ask the mayor, ask the city council, not what they're doing to rein in the police. What are they doing to help enable the police to make sure no statues, no public property in your community get defaced. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, it makes a difference because the left has paid people that make these calls, okay? They, they're organized. They know they can move these mayors and city council members, but you can too, and your voice will be heard. Just make those phone calls. Number four, if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you'll see an article that says, we support our police with our billboard on it. And if you click on that, you can get a list of the 269 companies that are giving millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter and Antifa. These are going to be companies you know. These are going to be companies you do business with. I'm asking you to call them up and say, I am a customer and I don't appreciate you giving money to Black Lives Matter or to Antifa, or to any other group that riots or uses violence to get their way. And demand that they instead give money to help with police training, to help with police community relations. Ask them what they're going to do to help the police be better police. They won't know what to do with that question. But as a customer, tell them how much money you spend with them a year and say, I don't support people who don't support America. I don't support companies that support communists. And there's a link on that page. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Look at the page that has the the, uh, billboard on it. We support our police. And on that page, there's a link to all the information about Black Lives Matter and how they are against families, how they are against capitalism, how they are a racist organization. They're not what they want you to think they are. And if you haven't read that article, you, you need to get our emails. Because I did an article that says, we can fight racism. We don't have to and we shouldn't support an organization as evil and anti-American as Black Lives Matter. And, and that's what I need you to do. So how's that for some things to do? Can you do that? Can you pick up the phone and do that? Well, I, I think you can. I really do. And it's not going to be that hard. And you can do it in your own way. You can be nice. You don't have to yell and scream. You can be nice. So we, we've got to push back. And, the, and, the, and here's the other thing that happens in our world. You don't even know that we're pushing back because the media won't 
they won't publicize it. But, you know, this week, the Department of Justice went and filed charges against 75 individuals who were involved with the riots. They were people who set fires, who beat people up, who attacked law enforcement people. We are taking action. We are taking action. In Ohio, the Black Lives Matter protesters went to a little town called Bethel, Ohio, in Claremont County. And boy, did they get a little surprise. Because the protesters there ran into about 700 citizens who said, this ain't Seattle, and we don't put up with your blank here in Ohio. Yeah, you can push back. They aren't the only ones that can say what what they want to say. And when they call you a racist, you look them in the face and say, I'm no racist. You're the racist. You know why? Because if you think only black lives matter, and you think if I say all lives matter, I'm a racist, that makes you the racist because you're calling me names. You don't like me because of the color of my skin. And folks, that's the definition of racism. That's what that is. Even in Portland, Oregon, folks, which Antifa has run practically, they just tore down their, their uh, budding uh, autonomous zone like they have in Seattle, where you know, they, they, Antifa took over a few blocks in Seattle. Yeah, in Portland this week, they tore it down because they put these uh, barriers outside the mayor's apartment building and took over like a two-block area. Yeah, the police tore it down. We are pushing back. You can push back. We need to push back. We need to defend our country. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Read the articles I post that are there to give you ammunition so that you can use it to defend our country. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we'll be back. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast, and I'm Tom Zawistowski. Hello, this is Ann Kaczmarek, president of Liberty Camp for Kids in Portage County, Ohio. Liberty Camp for Kids is where students in grades 1 through 6 experience the founding of our nation. This year's camp will be held from July 20th through the 24th from 9 till noon. The cost is $30 per camper. If you're interested in our camp, being a volunteer, or even starting one of your own, go to www.LibertyCampForKids.com. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. All right, we're back, and we sure appreciate you being with us on the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast and Radio Show. I'm going to talk now a little bit about the coronavirus, but we're going to approach it from a different direction. Uh, as you may know, uh, the president is going to have his first rally since the coronavirus pandemic took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma on Saturday. And uh, <laughs> apparently there's a million people who signed up online to attend this rally. And so, you know, what are we hearing? If you go online and you search on, you know, Trump uh, rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, All you'll see is stories about how dangerous this is and how wrong it is. Because you see, it was okay for those protesters to go out there and protest without a mask and without social distancing and all that because 
because, well, because, right? But boy, you, you Trump people, you're just dangerous. You're going to kill people. You're just terrible. And Donald Trump sent a tweet today and I applauded him. He said, not buying it. We're not doing it. I'm showing a picture to the people on the podcast of a rally in Brooklyn that happened last week. There's got to be 50,000 people just shoulder to shoulder in this picture. Nobody had a problem with that on the left. Nobody had a problem with that. But, oh, but you guys, yeah, you know, you're the problem. You, you, you Trump supporters are the problem. And, folks, the misinformation is just out of control. You know, what they're talking about now is uh, that the, the rate of infection is up in various states. Well, again, we're testing more, and we're getting rid of the lockdowns. People are back to work. People are going to places. And so you're going to have more cases. We have talked about this till I'm literally blue in the face, right? It's not the number of cases. The majority of people who get coronavirus don't even get sick, folks. They're called asymptomatic. And there's even questions of whether asymptomatic people can even spread the disease. So it's not the number of cases. It's the number of hospitalizations and deaths. So in some states, coronavirus hospitalizations are on the rise and experts are pointing to a lack of social distancing. And again, how they can do that, I don't know, because there's no studies that show that social distancing works. And as we talked last week in Dr. Atlas, you know, I played a video of him saying, even the WHO says that you don't have to be six feet apart, you can be three feet apart. And the fact of the matter is, there was a study this week where the guy's talking about how this virus needs dry air. That's why these flus and coronaviruses are so effective in the winter, because the air is dry. And if you have moist air, they can't live. And so we don't know what we're talking about. And what really bothers me is that they don't give us the facts. So in this this article that I was reading to get ready for the show that talked about that the hospitalizations are rising in states like uh, Arizona, Arkansas, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah, okay? And I'm reading this article, and they're telling you that hospitalizations are increasing. But every time they leave out the key piece of data, how many hospital beds are there? Because the whole deal from the beginning of this nonsense was... We don't want to overwhelm the healthcare system, but they conveniently keep leaving off how many hospital beds there are. Why? This is simple math, folks. We've been doing this for three months. How come in Ohio, how come in all these states, you can't basically have, here's how many hospital beds we have. Here's how many COVID hospitalizations we have. Here's where we are at capacity. Here's how many ICU beds we have. Here's how many ICU people we have with COVID. And then here's how many deaths. Why can't we do that? Because they don't want to. Because they want to scare you. Because half of the people listening to the show still think that if you get COVID-19, the Chinese Wuhan virus, you're going to die. When 99.7 or 0.6 or 0.5 or whatever it is, but the vast majority of you, even if you're in a nursing home, aren't going to die. But they don't want you to know that. And that's why a new poll came out this week that shows that nearly half of Americans don't trust public health officials' understanding of coronavirus. What a surprise. Why would that be? How about because Dr. Fauci this week admitted 
that they lied to us intentionally about wearing face masks at the beginning. Remember all the stories about, oh, you don't need a face mask. It doesn't help. You don't need a face mask. Yeah, Dr. Fauci came on this week and admitted that that was a lie, that they were afraid there wouldn't be enough face masks for medical people, and they didn't want you to scarf one up and protect yourself. Yeah, way to serve the public interest. Way to tell us the truth. What a bunch of damn liars. The fact of the matter is Dr. Fauci and none of these people have any clue what they're doing or what they're talking about. And it's just disgusting. It's just disgusting, and we just got to stop this nonsense. So we're in a situation where people are pushing these things like contract tracing and they're pushing all kinds of things that we don't even want to hear about, let alone, let alone live through. And the one thing they're talking, I sent out a very good op-ed from Vice President Pence. If you didn't get the email, you know, I, that's why you got to sign up where he talked about there is not going to be a second wave of closings. That's what the media and the left wants. They haven't done enough damage to your life and to our economy. They're pushing for a second round. And Vice President Pence made it very clear, there is not going to be a second round of closings. We're prepared for this. The hospitals will handle whatever cases we got. We're not going to shut down the election. We're not doing any of that nonsense. And that's a good thing. All right, now... Before we close up the radio show, I've got to talk to you about, you know, this really important issue, which is the whole, just the destruction of conservative values by the Supreme Court. Uh, This week, you know, it's June, and this is when the Supreme Court hangs down all their decisions. And this week, the the court, as, as Daniel Horowitz said, the conservatives get massacred by fake conservatives on the Supreme Court. Uh, In 35 minutes uh, today, what some thought was the most conservative Supreme Court of all time concocted a fundamental right to transgenderism in the context of labor law, erased the Second Amendment, and interfered with a state death penalty case, but declined to interfere with a California law that criminalizes law enforcement cooperation with federal immigration agents. I just can't state enough that the transgender law in particular should worry all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, our nation was built on facts. You couldn't just make an opinion. You had to prove it. You know, what's Missouri's motto? The show me state. What what Gorsuch, of all people, and Roberts, the two supposed conservatives who joined the liberals in a 6-3 decision, said was that in 1964, even though no one had ever heard of transgender people unless you followed the Johns Hopkins studies and knew that it was called gender dysphoria and that these were mentally ill people, no one in 1964 thought that the word sex meant gender or much less gender identity. And yet, Neil Gorsuch, in his opinion, said that they, they would have meant to put that in. And therefore, he's going to put that into the law. So the Supreme Court of the United States just broke our Constitution again and said, we're going to make law and we're going to tell employers that you have to, you cannot fire transgender or gay people because they're transgender or gay. Now, first of all, that doesn't happen, okay? But here's the problem. That's the Civil Rights Act of 1964, protected women, blacks, veterans. All of those things, you can tell if someone's a woman. You could even do a test and check their chromosomes. No one wants to talk about that. 
You can see if someone's of a different race. They're protected. You can prove if someone's a veteran. How do you prove someone's transgender? It's just their opinion. And their opinion can change because they're gender fluid, don't you know? So now you've got a person in your business who doesn't get the promotion or someone who applies and doesn't get hired. And then they say, I'm going to sue you because I'm transgender and you did this because you're prejudiced. And Gorsuch and Roberts just gave them the force of law to do that. How do you defend against their opinion? What test can you have? It undermines the rule of law. The Supreme Court just undermined the rule of law to the detriment of these businesses. This is what's wrong. And what it tells you is it tells you that Gorsuch and Roberts and and Kavanaugh and all these people, other than people like Clarence Thomas, who grew up poor and knows what your life is like and my life is like. He may have gone to a big name school, but he grew up in our world. But as I said, Rick Grinnell, the DNI, yet last week tell you what the deep state was. The deep state was not Democrat versus Republican. It was Washington versus the U.S. Well, what you just saw from the Supreme Court was elites versus the common man. Because what this ruling tells you is that Gorsuch and Roberts and none of these people have a clue what it's like to run a business and what goes on in the real world, in their Ivy League towers and the little groups of friends that they have drinks with after work and socialize and talk about how smart they are. It was disgusting what the Supreme Court did to you and I this week. You can read all the details at wethepeopleconvention.org. But it's, it's, it's really a problem, folks, because our court system is detached from our lives. They are not representing us. They shouldn't represent us. They're not elected representatives. They're supposed to rule on the law as written. And Neil Gorsuch tried to claim he was doing that, and he did nothing of the sort as Alito called him out on. Alito called what he did preposterous, and it was. So we're going to wrap up the radio show. I hope that you enjoyed uh, you know, the show. But as you know, there's another 30 minutes that goes on uh, past the radio show. So go to wethepeopleconvention.org and pick up the podcast, and you'll pick up all that information. We've got some really big information about what the Department of Justice is doing, what's going on with Google, and a bunch of other things. But we're so happy that you joined us for this week's radio show. And we'll be back again next week. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast, and I'm Tom Zawistowski. The We The People Convention News and Opinion radio program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We The People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We The People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. The Buckeye Institute was founded in 1989 and we're the longest serving free market think tank in the state of Ohio. My goal is removing barriers to prosperity that have been put in place by government. We want for Ohio to be the freest and most prosperous state in the country. The Buckeye Institute is a source of common sense ideas that will have an impact on the nation as well as the state of Ohio.
All right, and we thank our sponsors. Uh, we certainly appreciate uh, them helping to make our show what it is, and we're glad that you're with us for the rest of the podcast. And uh, you know, we've got some great stories. Uh, another big story this week was uh, again Google censorship, and uh, there was a story that came out where NBC News ratted on or actually made up a story about the Federalist and a, a website called Zero Hedge both of which I use for this show and which you should go to. And they they basically tried to get Google to defund them because they're dependent on uh, ad dollars. And this is just a perfect example of what's wrong with our laws and why we can't let Google continue. And I'm going to play a short video from Tucker Carlson where he'll explain that. And then we're going to talk about how uh, AG Bill Barr took action this week. Here's Tucker's video. This afternoon, NBC News decided to use some of Google's power to shut down a couple of its competitors. Power is useful for that. An NBC employee called Adele McComo-Fraser forwarded Google executives a screed from a left-wing activist group in England denouncing two sites, Zero Hedge and The Federalist, as, quote, racist. Google immediately took the bait, of course. The company threatened to ban both news organizations from Google's ad platform, in other words, to cut off their revenue. So what did Zero Hedge and the Federalists do to deserve this, to be demonetized? Well, we asked Google, and they told us that the two sites maintain unmoderated comment sections. In other words, readers get to say what they want. Google finds this intolerable. Faced with destruction, the Federalists had no choice but to submit to Google. The site deleted its comment section entirely. No more saying what you think about articles on the Federalist. Google has banned that now. Zero Hedge still does have comments. So it has been demonetized. We'll see if they can continue operating. All of this raises an interesting question, though. Google says it now holds conservative websites responsible for the comments of their readers. And yet, irony of ironies, thanks to a special carve-out Google has received from the United States Congress, something called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, remember that, Google itself is not responsible for content on its platform because the Congress says it doesn't have to be. So if you're slandered by someone, for example, and that slander passes through Google servers, you cannot sue Google over it. Google is immune from the consequences. Immunity is a very nice thing to have if you're a big company. Fox News doesn't have it. But again, thanks to Congress, Google does have immunity. And that's one of the main reasons that Google's founders are some of the richest and most powerful people in the world, because Congress allowed them to be. Senator Josh Hawley pointed this out today. Let's hope he and his colleagues act soon to revoke this privilege. If Google will not extend 230 protections to others, Google should not enjoy those protections itself, obviously. So there you have it. Think about that. Google, how is this possible that another company can tell you what is going on in your business? Think about that. So they are going to defund, deplatform the Federalist because people were making comments on their stories that they wrote that Google didn't like. How dare they? I go back to the example that, see, they, they should be a public utility. This whole Section 230 should be thrown out. They should literally be like the phone company. You pay to use the phone, and what you say on the phone is your business. They shouldn't get to monitor it. And they shouldn't get to censor it. Why are we letting them do that? Well, fortunately, 
A.G. Barr, true to his word, did act this week. And they put forward a 20-page document, which you can get if you go to WeThePeopleConvention.org and click on the story about you know their, their actions. And basically, he's saying that Section 230, the language is too vague and that we've got to now tighten this up so that basically Google and Facebook and Yahoo and all these people cannot censor you. And there is bipartisan concern for this, fortunately, because, you know, the, the Democrats are having problems. The Republicans are having problems. The problem is we as a people are having problems because we have made Google and Facebook and Twitter into something they were never intended to be. And they have paid good money. And if you watch the show on, the, I think it was Thursday night, the 17th, the show that uh, Tucker Carlson did about this, he takes Senator Mike Lee, who's supposed to be a conservative from Utah, and just rips him because he's been bribed to protect Google because this is so valuable to them and makes them billionaires, hundreds of billionaires. But finally, some things are starting to happen. And for you and I, this is just... This is, I've been telling you that this is devastating to us. And, and, I, and I mean that. If it wasn't for this radio network and podcast, we would be completely silenced. Uh, the, the amount of traffic on our website has gone down to almost nothing. 500 page views a day. And, and, and our emails are, are getting blocked. Half our emails don't go through. And so we've had to take other action. So to this week, we entered into an agreement starting July 1st. We're going to be doing radio advertising on a network in Ohio called One News, Ohio News Network, O-N-N, Ohio News Network. They have about 74 stations around Ohio, and we will have a commercial on their stations every day during the news, which I think is a good fit for us, promoting the We The People Convention News and Opinion podcast and the radio show and our website. We're also the billboards that we bought about the police. A million people are going to see those billboards. That's going to help promote our website and hopefully get more people there. And I do want to tell you that we're making a change because our emails are, can be blocked by Google and Yahoo. And I've been through this before. If you go to the articles at We The People Convention, you'll see stories about how they do that. But we're starting to move towards texting. Now, I know some of you don't like that, but it's the only way we can get through. So you have an opportunity to opt out if you don't want to get the text. But don't be surprised if you start getting texts from We The People Convention promoting the podcast and some of our stories. We're not going to drive you crazy. We're not going to send you a text every day, but we might send you two a week. And I don't think that's a big inconvenience. But we've got to do something to keep our voice alive, to keep free speech, so that we can educate people about this upcoming election, or they're going to believe all the lies that Google and Facebook are going to promote to them. And speaking of which, you'll you'll love this next story. It came out this week. I'm thinking, what is this nonsense? Facebook announced this week that they plan to, quote, unquote, inform 160 million users how to vote in 2020. Facebook launched a new program to incentivize its users in America to vote in the 2020 election. It announced that the platform plans to help 4 million people go out and vote. The move comes amidst massive internal external pressure on the company to restrict or censor content from President Donald Trump. So far, Facebook has not agreed. He said, people want accountability, and in democracy, the ultimate way we do that is through voting. So we want to make sure that we do everything we can to help get people to go out to vote. He said, we expect 
this new project to reach most of its users, and we expect more than 160 million people in the United States will see authoritative information on Facebook about how to vote in a general election from July through November. Now, that brings up an interesting question. What does it mean, how to vote? What does it mean that Facebook is going to you know, see, give them authoritative information? Well, what it's meant before is that they're not going to give you information that you're going to hear on this show. They're not going to give you information about Donald Trump. They're going to give these people information that are lies, that are based on you know things like Black Lives Matter is really just a, a peaceful protest group, and they just want to help blacks, except for their for Planned Parenthood, which kills blacks, and they burned black businesses and hurt black citizens, and they're against black fathers in black families. Is that what Facebook's going to do? That's the problem. That's why we need your support to help us keep the show alive and reach more people. If you can donate and help us, we'll add more stations and we'll help get this out to more people because in the election, they're going to be doing everything they can to cheat. Now, I have been getting some emails from people around the state about the Secretary of State Frank LaRose made an announcement this week about voting. And he basically announced that the, uh, that the legislature has authorized $1.5 million. Uh, no, excuse me. This comes from the Ohio Controlling Board. And the use of the money is federal dollars, but it will allow the Secretary of State to send absentee ballot request forms to all 7.8 million registered voters in Ohio. Now, I want to make clear to you, they're not sending ballots out like they do in California. So you don't know who's filling them out. They're sending ballot request forms. So you still have to fill it out, mail it in. They have to verify that you are who you are. Then they send you the ballot. Then you fill out the ballot. Then you send it in. So don't get it confused with vote by mail. All right. But this is something that Ohio has done for several years. But this is also not taking the place of voting in person. There is no plan in Ohio to end voting in person. In Ohio, we have the most lenient voter laws in the country. And I mean that. We, you can vote in Ohio 28 days before the election in person by going to the Board of Elections. You can vote on Election Day. You can vote absentee ballot. So don't get confused. They're not throwing us under the bus. But there are other states who are going to be actually mailing you ballots because you're a registered voter. And they're trying to stop that. Uh, Judicial Watch is trying to stop that. President Trump is trying to stop that because that's how the left is going to cheat. And we got to make sure that doesn't happen. But it's not going to happen in Ohio. I just wanted to let you guys know that in Ohio who are a little concerned about what you heard from Frank LaRose. So we're going to take another break. You're listening to the We The People Convention podcast and radio show. And I'm Tom Zawistowski, and we'll be back in just a second. This is Jordan Sekulow with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom, the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting ACLJ.org. 
Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. The Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. All right, and we're back for our final segment. And I've got a whole bunch of different stories here. They're not necessarily weaved together as much as I'd like to do that, but uh, they're things that I just felt had to be covered. So the first story is an update on unemployment. And again, I keep trying to make sense to you about this because there were another 1.5 million people who filed for unemployment uh, this week, but and Ohio's got 500,000 people that are on unemployment now. But that's the key question. People are getting hired back, so there's people filing for unemployment, but there's other people getting jobs. And so uh, that, that's why there was that announcement last week by uh, President Trump about how unemployment went down in May to 13.3 percent when, when everyone is expecting it to go up to like 20 percent. Well, that's you know, because the number of total unemployed people went down from 23 million to 21 million. All right. And so we're not sure right now how many people are unemployed. But my guess is it's down. It's like 19 or 18 million. And I expect that by the end of June, you know, the unemployment rate's going to get down to maybe 11% or something like that. That's still a lot of people unemployed. And we're still not out of the woods. But, but, you know, it is moving in the right direction. And the question is, can we, you know, can we, you know, help businesses? And I want to thank you for what you've been doing because uh, it came out this week that uh, retail sales were up 17% and people were astonished and the stock market went up because that's you out spending. And by going out and spending money, you're helping to create these jobs again to get us back to work because that's what we got to do for President Trump to win. We've got to get the economy to recover. I was on a conference call this uh, week with uh, with uh uh, Scott uh, Rasmussen from Rasmussen Polls and with Steve Moore. And, and we're talking about, you know, what needs to happen in November. Right now, you know, President Trump isn't anywhere near for sure a winner. Okay. The polls are showing that Joe Biden's winning, which is amazing to me. Okay. But anyway, it's a long way to November. But basically what has to happen is the economy has to get better. Okay. And, and so does the coronavirus thing. We've got to have less coronavirus and more economy for Trump to win. So we got to do what we got to do to make that happen. And, and you're doing your part and I appreciate it. But keep doing it, you know, be out there spending money because that's how we create jobs. Now, the other problem with this unemployment is that uh, Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, had to announce this week that they were borrowing $3.1 billion from the Department of Labor because Ohio's unemployment system had run out of money to pay people. And, you know, DeWine actually said in his, uh, in his statement, he called the unemployment system in Ohio a long-term structural problem, saying it was something that has been needed to be fixed for years long before the COVID-19 pandemic. That structural problem remains out there. It's obviously not gone away. It has to, not, it has to be fixed in the long run. No, Governor why isn't it fixed now? You're the one that laid off all these people. Why would you shut down all those businesses when you knew the Ohio Unemployment Department wasn't ready to give them their unemployment checks? 
I personally know of people who haven't gotten an employment check in 10 weeks. How do you live with no check for 10 weeks? I have a friend who just got a check after 10 weeks, and she got a check for one week's payment. Governor DeWine, you and John Houston are personally responsible for this debacle. You you not only hurt these people by taking their jobs, you hurt them by not having the unemployment system as a safety net that's intended. It's gross mismanagement. You're going to account for this. I assure you, this is gross fiscal mismanagement. You should be ashamed of yourself and all these other governors. Speaking of people who should be ashamed of themselves, but he's not because he's such a loser. There was a story that a lot of you wrote to me about this week that uh, ex-Ohio Republican Party chairman leads super PAC to oust Trump. And this is Matt Borges, who is the former head of the Ohio Republican Party, who I ran against uh, back in like, I don't know, 2010 or something, because no one else would challenge him. Okay. And we eventually threw him out and replaced him with Jane Timken because he was such a corrupt loser, okay? And he's a Kasich guy. And so they've started a super PAC along with another loser, that Scaramucci guy, uh, Anthony Scaramucci. And these are never Trumpers, backed by you know people like Kasich. And where do they get their money? Oh, don't forget that John Kasich, as governor of Ohio, took $500,000 from George Soros. Not making that up. Go look at the election, uh, you know, donation reports to for him to run for president and try to stop President Trump. Well, Kasich and these other never Trumpers are trying to stop Trump again, and and they're saying they're calling Biden a moderate choice, and and that you know that they know there's all of these you know Republicans out there who hate Trump. Oh yeah, yeah, they hate Trump for what? For having the greatest economy in the history of the world? For building the wall? For defeating ISIS? for getting out of the Paris Accord, right? For doing more for minorities than any president in history. Oh, yeah. Hate that Trump guy. Yeah, all the Republicans hate that Trump guy. Hey, Matt, uh, last time I looked, I think it was 96% of Republicans support President Trump. Yeah, good luck with your PAC. Good luck with your PAC, okay? Um, There was another story that came up this week that is, again, part of the Obamagate stuff. And this is, uh, they declassified some more documents. And basically, it's just clear as a bell that A, the Russians were feeding misinformation to the FBI and to the CIA and NSA, okay? That Clapper and, and Brennan were involved, that Comey knew this, was, uh, this information was completely bogus. The, the evidence is overwhelming now. There's so much unclassified information. And, and there's even some stuff in this document that says that Seth Rich was the guy who gave the emails to WikiLeaks that they've been blaming the Russians for. Okay? They're being exposed, folks. And I'm telling you, you know, the justice system is corrupt, but there's limits to that. Okay? We're going to talk about one of those limits here next because there's so much evidence you can't not... You can't not convict. There's also a story this week that was really interesting that Twitter admitted that China used nearly 200,000 fake accounts to, to influence the political outcome in 2016, 150 times more than the Russians. So here you are, all this evidence, the Russia-Russia narrative, Trump collusion, Comey, McCabe, all those guys, they knew... 
Donald Trump had no connections to Russia. He had less connections to Russia than any of them did. Okay? This is all coming down because it's all coming out. And it's all coming out because Donald Trump got rid of Jeff Sessions, who I hope loses his Senate primary uh, because he you know, doesn't deserve to be a senator again. And because he got rid of uh, Comey and, and, and put in uh, you know, A.G. Barr. So you know, just keep the faith. There's good things happening. And one of those good things is this whole situation with General Flynn. And I know a lot of you guys say, well, why do I keep bringing it up? And I know it's personal because I know General Flynn and, you know, we've supported him. But it's also about equal justice under the law. It's also about pushing back on the deep state, these people who hate America, who think they can get away with anything. So Sidney Powell, the attorney for General Flynn, got to make her presentation in front of the appellate court in Washington this week, where this clown judge Gleason who was representing this Judge Sullivan, who's a total lefty. And, and, and Gleason was exposed for having connections with Andrew Weissman, who was Robert Mueller's right-hand man and a total deep state hatchet man. So this guy, who's now in a court trying to smear General Flynn, is biased. It's clearly demonstrable. And Sidney Powell just exposed him, just destroyed him. This lawsuit needs to be dismissed. And I think the appeals court in Washington is going to do that and teach them a lesson. And I hope Judge Sullivan gets disbarred and gets impeached and thrown out of this thing because he doesn't deserve to be a judge. This is nothing but rank partisan politics. And it has no place in the judiciary. But this is one, folks, we're going to win. It's taken a little time, but we're going to win. Final thing I want to talk to you about, I just, I just throw this out there because I think, again, it's a, it's a tell. It shows me what's going on. So when you got Black Lives Matter and the media and everyone telling you, oh, everyone's so woke and everyone is so into this racism stuff and we all want to talk about it and all that, yeah, ESPN, you know, the sports network that suddenly became the political network with kneeling, you know, for the national anthem and all that stuff, yeah. Their ratings hit an all-time low. I'm talking about a low from the time they began 41 years ago because all they talk about is social justice garbage. That's all it is, is a social justice bitch session. They are down so far that that their best show only had like 190,000 viewers. Their best show. No, the highest rating sports center all day was 168,000 viewers. The lowest rating it's ever seen. They finished 95th uh, in the rankings, okay? There's cartoon shows that beat them. Uh, there's the, the Cartoon Network. Craig of the Creek on the Cartoon Network had 200,000 more viewers than ESPN. Jay Leno's Garage on CNBC soundly defeated First Take. Jay Jay Leno's Garage, which I didn't even know what channel that was on. And and so it's just embarrassing, but rightfully show. NBA The Jump, which is an ESPN show, only had 112,000 viewers. So folks, back to the beginning of the radio show. Tucker Carlson said, you're not alone. We're not alone. You're right. They're wrong. You're in the majority. I showed you that by the polls, right? That 72% support the police. They don't want to defund the police. 
That's the polls say. We are the majority. We need to act in our own defense. And so I ask you again this week, pick up the phone, call the local police and thank them. Stop a policeman and thank them. Buy a gift card for the police department and take it down to the local police station and say, hey, buy some pizza or order from this local restaurant on me. We really appreciate you. Call the companies that are funding Black Lives Matter and as a customer, tell them, don't do it. It's wrong. They're not a good group. When someone tells you that you're a racist, look them in the face and say, no, I'm not. You're the racist. Push back. Call your mayor, call your city councilman and say, I want to know what you're doing to support the police because without police, there is no society. Don't believe this nonsense. I told you last week, we are a nation of laws. So why would people want to get rid of the laws? Because they want to rule you as men. These are the lessons we teach so you can be armed and go out and fight and defend your country. I'm going to be back next week with more information. I'm going to continue to fight. I appreciate your support. I appreciate you telling other people about the show. I again appreciate the emails and the phone calls. You can, you know, you can send me uh, comments at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. I love getting your information, share story ideas. That's what it's all about. But most of all, never give up, never lose faith, never believe the lies. And keep, keep working hard to convince others around you that they're not crazy either and that we can win this and defeat our enemies, but we got to do the work. You can't just do wishful thinking, all right? We'll be back again next week. You've been listening to the We The People Convention, news and opinion, radio show and podcast, and I'm Tom Zawistowski.